This is Horsepower Happenings. Tear up the body panel, fine. You know, you can bend those. You could have destroyed the whole race car, if not worse. I don't have any problem racing each other and trading paint and moving people. I mean, that's it's a short track bull ring. This is not Daytona. From the MCRP studios in the Motor City. But I do know also one thing. By the time I'm his age, I'll have more than 100 wins, and I promise you that. With Zach Heiser. Banger leads him down on the bottom side of the racetrack. Moyer trying to make something happen on the top shelf. Big run. He'll cross over now down the back straightaway into turn number three. Moyer puts the binders on. Fager nearly on the bike. And Rich Frank. Any progress, Zach, that they made on the last stop, they ruined on this one. So now they're really trying to get this thing off the ground. From the Motor City Racing Promotion Studios. Hey, guys, this is Ford Hodge. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion, Rusty Schlink. This is Bobby Santos. This is Travis Stemler. This is Travis Brady. This is Andrew Shai. David Melky. Josh Fry. Ryan Rua. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to Horsepower Happenings. It's a beautiful Monday, a huge week in Michigan motorsports. It's like opening weekend is upon us. It kind of is in some circumstances, and it's already the 17th of August. We'll break it all down and have some featured interviews coming up later on tonight. But first, it's time to take a look at some things that are happening in a Motor City Minute. Ending a 33-year drought for the Andretti family, Marco will lead the field to green for the 104th running of the Indianapolis 500. NASCAR made history this weekend by taking all three of their nationally sanctioned divisions and putting them on the road course at Daytona for the first time. Sheldon Creed, Austin Sindrick, and Chase Elliott all collected historic wins on that tricky road course. And speaking of the NASCAR sanction, Michigan's Carson Hosevar made a start in the NASCAR Truck Series, didn't have a finish he was looking for, and made a trip to the infield care center following the race. He was released after IVs for fluids and is feeling fine back at home. Those things and many more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from the socially distanced MCRP studio. Good evening, Rich France. How are you, How are you? on a Monday you, evening? Zach? Having a great time. Uh, I got some good news for you. I had my annual physical today, and I guess you have to put up with me a while longer. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> everything checks out. Good, good, and glad to hear that. Uh, Rich, we start the show with a sad note out of the sprint car scene today. Veteran sprint car driver Jerry Carrier uh, passed away at the age of 62 unexpectedly at his residence in Nay, Ohio. Uh, this happened on Saturday. Carrier was expected to compete in a must-see racing sprint car series event at Lorain County Raceway Park later that evening. The final few years of his career provided good showings. He won at Indiana, uh, at Indiana Asphalt Speedways, uh, Fort Wayne, New Paris, and Plymouth. He also won with the Hoosier Outlaw Sprint Series and the Auto Value Bumper-to-Bumper -bumper Super Sprints during a three-year stretch. He won at New Paris Speedway three consecutive years. He also finished sixth in his final start on August 8th during a must-see event at uh, Plover, Wisconsin. Of course, Rich, our thoughts and prayers are with the family and friends of Jerry Carrier, uh, passed away Saturday at the age of 62. Absolutely, Zach. And uh, it was a hot race with even hotter tempers during Saturday night's Arca CRA Super Series race at Anderson Speedway. It spilled over to the front stretch post-race involving the top two finishers of the 125-lap feature event. 
Race winner Cody Coughlin was met by a frustrated Jack Dossey III before he could get out of his number one machine. The two jawed back and forth at each other while Dossey banged his fist against Coughlin's car in anger. Uh, the two eventually had to be separated by series and track officials. The two drivers found themselves around each other up front for a majority of the race. Dossey's frustration uh, with the former series champion came after a series of run-ins on restarts during the race, which had reached a bowling point on the final restart with 25 laps to go. After Coughlin slipped high into turn one and made contact with Dossie, the two-time Jake CRA All-Stars Tour champion and home track favorite recovered to finish second, his best finish to date in 2020. I really don't have anything nice to say about it. I try to pride myself in being a clean race car driver. It's unfortunate when someone doesn't drive you the same uh, drive you the same not once, not twice, but three different times, Dossie told Speed 51. Uh, I just asked for a little bit of room. I'll run you clean if you run me clean. And former series champion Logan Runyon tied a career best with a third-place run. Former Red Bun winners Johnny Van Dorn and Dalton Armstrong would round out the top five. Uh, and, Zach, we've had both of these drivers on the program Things may be interesting on track for the remainder of the 2020 season. Yeah, and there were definitely some uh, opinions expressed on social media over the course of the next couple of days as well. So uh, uh, things are things are a little hot under the collar. And, and Rich, it's not like the next time these drivers are going to see each other, it's going to be on a short track. Uh, they race again August 29th at Nashville Fairground Speedway. So um, if they decide to pay one another back on that track, it could be pretty costly. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're both pretty pretty smart guys. I mean, I mean, both of them are champions. Um, maybe if Anderson gets another race or they gets a little smaller track, they can have <laughs> some fun and, and and take some fenders off the cars. I mean, that I'm, I'm sure people are watching that to see what happens next. But Nashville Fairground Speedway, definitely not the place to do it, Zach. South Bend got some racing in, and our friend Eric Hoffman with the MCR Dwarfs finally got those guys out, and they put on a heck of a show at South Bend. Um, as a matter of fact, Eric Hoffman, the multi-time champion and, and uh, obviously owner-promoter of the series, over three-tenths of a second behind Matt Kemp, who went to victory lane from South Bend and Kemp didn't even show up on time. He was one of the late arrivals, didn't get any practice or qualifying in, and drove up and got the win. Uh, again, three-tenths of a second over Eric Hoffman, Josh Brand in third, Dave Wiley in fourth, and Jeff Slayton rounded out your top five for the MCR, uh, MCR Dwarfs. And then uh, as far as uh, limited late model, or limited late model, but how about uh, actual late model action is concerned, uh, they had outlaws in action at South Bend, and... A couple of guys kind of marred to the back that you wouldn't expect to see, Rich France, um, including, uh, where to go here? I had it. I had it. Hold on. Hold on. Be patient. Um, some of our uh, expected regulars at the front of the Outlaw Super Late Model Division outside of that top spot, but it was none other than Jacob Maynard, who went to victory lane, Kevin Sauer in second. Look on the way back here. Jeff Gannis brings it home fifth. Corey Ryman in sixth. And uh, so that just goes back to show you, Rich, how tough South Bend can be. Uh, Corey Pressler, by the way, third. John Long, fourth. And again, Gannis rounding out your top five. Gannis been making his money at Galesburg uh, this summer. Uh, awfully fast down at the Galesburg Speedway. But uh, 
South Bend, if you don't run there often, uh, it's a tough track to get a hold of. And Zach, uh, the USAC Silver Crown's 50-year history, no driver's statistical output stacks up against Cody Swanson's. This has been proven time and time again as the Kingbird, California native, uh, has illustrated his very own record book during his illustrious career uh, on an evening when he became the first driver in series history to reach 30 poles and 30 wins in a career. Swanson once again reached another record that once seemed unbreakable, that being Poncho Carter's four consecutive Joe James Pat O'Connor Memorial victories between 1974 and 77. Well, Swanson did just that on Saturday night at Salem Speedway, pressing leader Bobby Santos to the first two-thirds of the race of the 75-lap feature event before taking the lead in traffic with a spectacular three-wide pass on the outside of turn one on the 50th lap, uh, then holding serve on a couple of late-race restarts to capture his fifth consecutive victory in the event. Santos and Aaron Pierce would complete the podium, and Zach uh, a, a local driver of note in front of the program, Austin Niemeyer out of Toledo, earned the Hard Charger Award for this event, charging from 15th to 6th in his first series start of the season. Nice job on that for sure. And, uh, you know, you talk about USAC and, and the action that they do. Let's talk about the world's fastest short track cars, and that, of course, being the uh, Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Super Sprints. They have a date ready to go as they make their Michigan debut for the 2020 season at M40 Speedway, August 28th. This will be the first Michigan appearance and the first appearance for the 2020 season. M40's high banks, of course, create an interesting speed and passing situation. Uh, by the way, a schedule will be released soon along with a driver list and a non-wing race has also been set for October 9th at M40. So some great racing getting sent to be held there courtesy of the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Super Sprints. Now, over to the dirt. The Great Lakes Super Sprints were in action at Merritt Speedway on Saturday. The uh, the skies were threatening, Rich. Let me tell you, as a matter of fact, right before hot lap qualifying was set to get ready, a small rain shower passed through, but it wasn't enough to deter the officials from getting it in. 22 cars strong, and Ryan Rule, who wasn't even sure about going up to Merritt Speedway that day, Ended up coming out on top after a very interesting and exciting 25 laps. Lap traffic would be the story of the day. Uh, Ryan Rule was able to catch lap traffic in some instances, Rich, just a lap and a half to two laps after a restart. And it proved to be fatal almost for Chase Ridenauer. Well, as far as his car is concerned, it was pretty fatal. Ridenauer had been tailing Rule throughout the entire race and finally saw an opportunity going down the back straightaway, went to the outside of Rule, took the lead for just moments before going into turns three and four. A lap car slid up from the middle of the racetrack, took the line away from Ridenauer. Ridenauer jumped the right rear of the lap car, then high-sided on the berm in turns three and four before flipping wildly into the cornfield almost for that 16W machine. Uh, Ridenauer definitely had a car that was fast enough to win, was trying to go two in a row. Instead, he went back on the hook. Restart. Nobody had anything for Ryan Rule, including Jared Horseman, the current points leader. He tried but was not successful to track down that 71H and Rule with a backup motor went to victory lane for the third time in the 2020 season. And uh, that makes the three-hour ride home, Rich, feel oh so much better. Oh, I bet it does. Uh, so, and congratulations to Ryan Rule. Uh, Zach, if you pray enough to the pavement gods... <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, boy, they happened last week in in, in really surprising manner. Uh, it was announced last week for Michigan Pavement Racing as Berlin Raceway received approval for their first event of 2020. That's right, August 22nd, their first event of 2020. This Saturday will be opening night as the super late models will run a 100 lap feature event. The new limited late models will be running twin 25 lap features. Uh, the sportsman class will run twin 20 lap features and the four cylinders will run twin 15 lap features. And as a reminder, uh, ticket sales are available only online. If you think you're going to walk up to the ticket office at Berlin raceway on Saturday, that's not happening. So, uh, if you want to be at Berlin Saturday night, go to berlinraceway.com for more details. They can get you all lined up with tickets there. Track officials also announced, Zach, that the Money in the Bank 150 has been added back on the schedule after originally being canceled for Saturday, September 12th. Well, it's exciting times for Berlin. And speaking of exciting times, we'll get a chance to talk with Josh Fry, General Racing Ambassador and, of course, driver of not one but two race cars at Berlin for this upcoming 2020 season. That's coming up later on in the program. Right now, Rich, we have to take a break. Why? Because we have so much to break down with none other than the voice of the Dirt Car UMP Summer National Hell Tour. Uh, Ruben is coming up. And I don't even have to say his last name. You know his first name. It's Ruben. You know him. He's Ruben. He's coming up to break it all down on the Michigan Swing that's coming in uh, just a couple of days, coming up on Wednesday, we've got it all straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Horsepower Happenings. When the call sounds from race control. Hello, yellow, yellow, bottom of one. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals for Motor City Racing Promotions to respond. Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP safety team is SFI certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting, and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP safety team's impeccable portfolio. For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion Safety Team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. If you're searching for a weekly podcast that features local results, news, and insight, then your search stops with Horsepower Happenings. Every Monday night, Zach Heiser and Rich France break down the week in motorsports, from NASCAR to the world of outlaws. Then they go over what's happening in the Great Lakes region. Plus, they sit down with industry professionals, including drivers, car owners, track promoters, and more. Find a complete broadcast schedule and more information at HorsepowerHappenings.com. And follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Jack Garcia, third, two-time Jake CRA All-Stars Tour Champion, and this is Horsepower Happenings. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Zach Heiser, Rich France, hanging out with you on the Monday before it all gets unleashed here in the state of Michigan, the Dirt Car UMP Summer Nationals Hell Tour coming to town to end it all. And, uh, Rich, we got a very special guest to help us break everything down tonight. Let us know who we're talking with. Yeah, Zach, well, if, I, if you follow dirt racing and you've watched any of it or streamed it, 
Uh, you heard this gentleman. He calls a heck of a race. Uh, he does a fantastic job. Whoever it was decided to put three guys that don't want to shut up on, on together tonight is, <laughs> is out of their mind. But we're going to have some fun tonight. Uh, he is the voice of the Dirt Car UMP Summer Nationals Hell Tour uh, from Anthony, New Mexico. Ruben Morales, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you, guys. Uh, you guys sent me a message to be on this, and I'm so happy you guys reached out to me because I'm super excited to uh, get to Michigan. And, of course, the tour is as well. The drivers are as well. I already talked to all the drivers. Everyone's super excited to go to Butler, Thunderbird, Tri-City, and Merritt. So thank you guys for having me, and uh, thanks to all the fans very much for tuning in on this podcast. Yeah. Now, first of all, Ruben, um, before we get into a busy week here in Michigan, uh, just to get a little bit of inside inf information on you, because uh, we love we love getting all the down low. Uh, tell us your history and how you got started in announcing. Oh, my. So that's uh, actually a pretty fun story. So um, I'm from a, a family that really doesn't like racing. I'm the only one in my family that likes racing, believe it or not. And uh, the way it all started, um, my dad owns a masonry company, and he was uh, building he, he was building a, a job site. And he was at a job site, and they were kind of delayed. And I'd always go work with him. My grandpa just always had that heart. You got to work for what you got. And I'm like, okay, that works for me. So I grew up like that. And one day was a Sunday, and how I said my dad was running uh, close to that deadline, so they had to work on a Sunday. And can't have your son here. That's child labor. And keep in mind, I'm like six years old. So um, I went out there and my dad had to take me home. And I'm the worst person to talk to when it comes to movies and TV shows and stuff like that. Because I, I hardly ever watch TV and stuff. Like I never even watched The Lion King until like a year ago, that remastered one. Uh, <laughs> because, because I was always out there working with my dad. So um, he took me home and that day. I, I was like, you know what? I'll check out TV. So I started watching TV and NASCAR is on the TV and they're at Talladega and it was a really cool race, and, you know, of course, the big one happened, and I got hooked into racing. So one day, my dad bought four acres out in Chaparral, New Mexico, which is just across the mountain in New uh, there from Anthony, and uh, he was building a shop where my uncle was going to live in and, you know, keep uh, guard of our, of our yard and everything and all the equipment and stuff, and he was building a shower one day, and when you put fresh tile, you have to put uh, the newspaper on there and stuff like that. So we got all these thrifty nickels, and I came across an advertisement on one of those thrifty nickels, and it said, El Paso Speedway Park. And I was like, El Paso Speedway Park. I was like, well, it's pretty cool. But like NASCAR doesn't come to El Paso, right? So I, I got on the internet and looked it up. I was like, nope, NASCAR does not come to El Paso. Uh, El Paso, Texas. I live right in the state line. So those uh, listening and don't know, it's out in New Mexico and Texas. Same thing, really, uh, down there in El Paso. So we went to the racetrack and I got my dad hooked, you know, and uh, he's like, well, this is good for every, you know, once a month. And I'm like, dad, they race every Friday. We got to come every Friday. <laughs> so, so, I taught him, you know, the points, the way the track changes from when it's wet and heavy to slick. And I, I really knowledge myself on the sport because it's more than just left turns. Everyone always makes the jokes that it's just left turns. And I'm like, no. So I taught my dad and I got him into it. And he's like, oh, I see what you're saying now. It's more than left turns. So we started going every Friday night in El Paso and Saturday night down in Las Cruces, New Mexico, where uh, really I claim home now. Uh, it's where I go to college. Um, they had a Southern New Mexico Speedway out there. And yeah, so we started going every Friday and Saturday. And uh, one year, I told my dad, hey, let's buy a race car. Let's get into it. And we were going to get out of stock cars, but we didn't know what we were doing. So there was this old couple, and we never got into it. We just we just knew there was a lot of engineering behind the deal. And it's really, it takes a lot of, you know, a lot of brains to run this deal. We, we didn't want to go out there and wreck anybody and, you know, look dumb. So there was this old couple that sit with us in El Paso and to the front left of us. And they'd always cheer on this number 12 car. And his name was Rob Madrid. And 
I felt bad because he, he ran a modified, but man, he would never finish very well. He'd always be in the back of the pack, but man, they were the happiest people ever to be out there. And I told my dad, Hey, how about instead of just doing that, how about we just sponsor this guy? So we ended up sponsoring him and became really good friends with this old couple. And then his parents would sit with us at El Paso and down there in Cruces as well. And the next year, he ended up winning the championship at the, at the Southern New Mexico Speedway by nice. like four points over a, a, a heck of a ex-mod driver down there, Patrick Carney. So it was a really good. And that night, championship night, uh, Joe, which is Rob Madrid's dad, sits with us in the stands. And we're there having a couple, uh, you know, so we're just eating and waiting for the races to start. And he's all like, hey, uh, I told him, I was like, hey, do you think Rob would build me a race car? And he's like, oh, yeah, Rob would build me a race car like, like God, because Rob was really smart with that stuff. And I'm like, really? Are you serious? He's like, oh, yeah. But he's all like, can I tell you one thing? You won't get butt hurt. And I'm like, what's that? He's all like, you wouldn't be a good race car driver. Oh, and I'm like, what? what do you mean? So, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm in eighth grade at this time. I'm only 11 years, 12 years old. And the reason he told me that was because he told me I'd be better for writing the programs or doing something like oh. that. And the reason he said that is because I never liked drivers for, ooh, I like his or her number or I like his or her Saints team. I always liked the driver's story. And I liked Rob because he built his own stuff. He did his own stuff, and I learned that when my dad sponsored him. So um, that year, uh, Candace is a lady that sat with us in Crucis, and uh, she knows everybody at the racetrack. And she knew the announcer, and my dad had a bad ankle at the time, so she would let Candace take me down to the pit area. And Candace overheard her conversation earlier that evening and told the announcer at the pit gate, be like, hey, Brian, I know someone that would love to do your job. Ruben right here. And I'm like, whoa, no, 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 no. Like, what are you talking about? I've never even thought about announcing. I was the shyest kid you'd meet in middle school i swear i wouldn't i didn't say more than 10 words a day i guess i guarantee it and i was super shy but no he gave me the opportunity to announce a trophy dash the following weekend at the southern new mexico speedway in las cruces new mexico and he gave me the stock cars and the sprint cars and i'll tell you what i i mean their, their jaws are just glued to the floor with how how great i did i mean i i blew the roof off that place even though there ain't a roof so i've just been super humble and 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 uh, honored to have all these great opportunities and i just skyrocketed from there i can't thank royal jones with the sea of la transportation back home enough for giving me that opportunity and of course world racing group of dirt car for giving me this opportunity with the dirt car summer nationals to be with you guys here this week yeah and you know that that story really it just uh, evolves so quickly for you ruben um still in college uh, in new mexico but you definitely found a great way to fill your summer with the dirt car summer nationals and uh, wow you go from announcing in the local levels to getting to work with and call names like Bobby Pierce and Brandon Shepard and, and names like that all summer long. Um, I got to be honest with you, Ruben, I'm a little envious of what you got going on. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, the opportunities out there for everybody, man. I mean, I just, like I said, I'm just super thankful. And, you know, I the first race I ever called was with Chris Steppen. And, of course, Chris Steppen is now the promoter of Auto Speedway Park. He was the announcer for the United States Modified Touring Series and did a bunch of other stuff. So, I just really surrounded myself around with a lot of good people, and I worked with Johnny Gibson and worked with a lot of the best in the business, like Chip Christner and Ben Shelton and Justin Jarrett and, you know, Michael Rigsby and all them. So I just really surrounded myself around good people, and I said, you know, I want to be like these guys one day. And I just I just try to take advantage of every single little opportunity, whether I'm announcing a four-car Hornet heat race or, you know, one of the best late model races on the planet. I mean, I'm just going to give it as much effort as I have because I know fans – are either watching on a pay-per-view or in the stands and, you know, are paying their hard-earned money. And how I always say, we're not the show. Us announcers are not the show, but we're definitely a big part of it. We're the potato on the steak plate. We're still a big part of the show and part of the plate. So I just try to give the fans what their money's worth every time. Now, coming up this week, we finally see the light at the end of the tunnel after a long month. 
for the Dirt Car UMP Summer Nationals Hell Tour. It all wraps up this week in Michigan. Uh, a grueling schedule for race teams, but I got to believe you're looking for a breather as well. Yeah, I mean, like today, of course, it's a Monday. We we just uh, today's our off day, and really off days aren't really off days anymore. We do a lot of stuff for Dirt Vision behind the scenes, and we do a bunch of other stuff. You know, clean the trailer, make sure all our stuff is ready to roll. As officials, we always try to you know keep ourselves at high standards and making sure everything's right. Of course, laundry and you know making calls with family, and of course, you said I'm still in college. Yes, I am. College for me starts this Wednesday. Oh, I'm boy. still going to be on the road with you guys, obviously. Yeah, so you know, Wednesday we'll be at Butler and. And stuff like that. So I'm just trying to get, you know, school stuff done. So it's kind of busy. But, yeah, it's good to have an off day, uh, catch our breath a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but that's just us. Now, can you imagine the race teams? I mean, we have a lot of guys from Illinois that have been following the tour, like Brian Shirley, Frank Heckenish Jr., Jason Fager, Tim Lance and Tim Lance Jr., and and Bob Gardner and many other guys that are at their shops regrouping, reorganizing because, man, those guys put in a lot of work. You know, it's not just the race car. These guys – take those haulers up and down the road you know some of them had generator problems some have had the hauler broke down and stuff like that so it's definitely to the point of the tour where it's grueling but guys it's not that tough this year we just had a two-week break of course we went to kokomo with a modified the world of outlaws morton buildings late model series had a show there and then we went to the usa nationals but yeah right now we're coming off six races in a row uh, a week ago today was our was our last really off day. We were supposed to be pulling, but we got rained out. But ever since Tuesday, we've been at it every single day. And, of course, today off, and we're back on tour tomorrow at Kankakee. So it, it's, it's been really grueling. But, hey, it's fun, and this is what we love to do. Take me through what you've seen. Obviously, this, this as Rich alluded to, this year's tour has seemed so much longer because, obviously, COVID pushed it back, and then you got that two-week break in, in the latter part of it. So – Break down what fans may have missed, right? We come into this week, Brian Shirley got a pretty comfortable points lead, um, but as we almost saw last year, coming in comfortable doesn't mean you end the week comfortably. So what have we seen leading up to this week? Well, let's go ahead and start off with the modified side of things. So, of course, the, the Summer Nationals is always joined with the Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals. Uh, this year in 2020, we've uh, run a total of 20 races. Uh, Nick Hoffman. I mean, Nick Hoffman, he's driving the Justin Allgaier number seven car, that Federated Auto Parts car. He's been absolutely untouchable. Nick Hoffman right now has three in a row. He went on a five-win streak. He, I mean, he has nine wins already here, this guy. With the Modifieds race fans, we take the best eight out of the whole tour. Uh, that's the difference between the late models and the mods. The mods, we only take your best eight. And Nick Hoffman already has nine wins. I mean, a perfect score. Mike McKinney has four wins. Mike Harrison has three. Will Krupp has two. Zeke McKenzie and Derek Losh have one. So, really... Uh, the big story, uh, can Mike McKinney step up here this week? I mean, Mike McKinney going into a track that he's familiar with, Kankakee here in Illinois, then off to Michigan. Uh, you know, uh, limited experience for these guys on those racetracks up there. So if Mike McKinney could win four more races, he will tie Nick Hoffman with those perfect eight, and he will have to win another one. So Mike McKinney has to go on an epic streak here. But right now, guys, with the modified, it's really looking like the Nick Hoffman show once again. And, of course, they still go to Cedar Ridge the weekend after. Now, everyone wants to hear about what's going on with the late models. Oh, my goodness. Well, the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, a total of uh, 20 races already, of course, have been ran. And, uh, oh, my goodness, Brian Shirley and Brandon Shepard just put on an epic show here this week, guys. Brandon Shepard wrapping off a very successful Arizona Sports Shirt Week 4. He won the points over Shirley this week. But, of course, uh, Shepard didn't run the whole tour with us. He just ran this week. And Shirley has a big point thing. I mean, it's almost 200 points over Frank Heckenis Jr., um, of course, Shirley with six wins, Shepard with a four, Tyler Erb, Bobby Pierce. Don't expect them here this week. Bobby Pierce, I talked to him earlier today. He's off to Pennsylvania to run with the World of Outlaws. Tyler Erb, obviously, the suspension. 
from uh, World Racing Group events. But he has two wins. Gordy Gundaker with one. Jason Fager, Frank Heckenish Jr., Dennis Herb Jr., and Kent Robinson all have one. Uh, really big storylines. I mean, Brian Shirley just had a bad night last night, guys. He was involved in a wreck in the heat race, involved in a wreck in the feature. So, I mean, hopefully nothing too damaged on that car. I wish I could give you guys an update right now if there's anything bad with the car. But he will be at, at Kansas City and he will be at Michigan ready to uh, finish strong. And, uh, I mean, just the other regulars. Frank Hickenis Jr. was really solid this week. I mean, his results really don't show for how fast and good they've been. Frankie, of course, has a win at the Springfield Raceway back on July 23rd over there in Missouri. So, uh, I mean, Bobby Pierce, uh, how I said, he will not be here. Um, Jason Fager's another guy, brand new pro power under the hood. He was bad fast this past tonight to the new pro power. So, of course, uh, Fager, before his win this year, he won in Michigan. That was at I-96. And obviously, we're not going to I-96 this year. But Jason Fager, a very positive going into Michigan. He said, we're going to go out there and finish strong. So, guys, uh, the racing is going to be very phenomenal with these guys. And, of course, we could see your local guys like Brandon Thurlby and a couple other guys up there. So, we're all really excited. It's always a good time in Michigan with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. I want to bounce back to the uh, the modified side real quick, Ruben. You mentioned um, some of those guys that, that have wins on the tour and then the lack of experience coming into Michigan. Do you not put a little bit of money right now on Zeke McKenzie and Will Krupp? Will Krupp side of things coming with the, uh, the once successful American Ethanol Modified Tour and all the races we ran in Michigan last year, including at Merritt Speedway um, and, uh, of course, at Thunderbird Raceway. And then also let's look at the fact that Zeke McKenzie used to frequent Hartford Speedway all the time, and I know he's run at Butler a couple of times, and McKenzie also trying to do what nobody's done and have a 100% uh, show-up rate on the tour this year. So that's a pretty cool headline coming into, the, into uh, Wednesday as well. Yeah, if, uh, for those of you fans that want more information on the Summer Nationals, like us on Facebook at Summer Nationals, follow us on Twitter at Summer Nationals. We put up a, a cool article on Zeke McKenzie about following the whole tour. It's never been done. How we, I mentioned earlier, we only take your best eight with the modified, but Zeke McKenzie, perfect attendance on the tour. He's going to run all 28 races, and so far he's done that. I mean, he's perfect attendance. And, yeah, I mean, Zeke got his first ever one at the Kokomo Speedway in Indiana, and I talked to Zeke, and Zeke says he likes those bigger tracks. Well, down here in Illinois, it, it, for those of you fans who have been watching, it's really bullring country down here. We really don't have very many big race tracks. But we went to Kokomo, Lobby's a little bullring there, but he looked really well. The thing about Zeke, he just can't put a whole night together. He's either fast in qualifying and then is not so good in the feature, or he's not so fast in qualifying, but, man, he is bad fast in the feature. So I think Zeke McKenzie's really going to step it up here this final week. Of course, he gets uh, closer to home. He can work from home a little bit, drive back and forth uh, here uh, after Kankakee and, of course, after the uh, after Kankakee, I mentioned, and today during the off day. So, uh, yeah, I expect uh, Zeke McKenzie to step it up. I think he's going to finish really strong. Uh, of course, uh, you always want to finish strong. And, yeah, you talk about Will Krupp. I mean, oh, my goodness, Will Krupp, another guy that, you know, he deserves more wins on this tour. It's just Nick Hoffman and Mike Harrison are so tough to beat. But, I mean, Will Krupp has plenty of seconds already. Uh, two wins. I mean, Will Krupp was leading two of these features during this week and uh, didn't come up victorious. But, yeah, those elite chassis have been hard to beat. And hats off to Zeke. I mean, he's the only vanquished chassis running the tour. So, it's it, you know, it's like, kind of like running uh, – uh, I don't know how to how to put it. Um, running, I guess I'll say the GRT with the Summer Nationals against all the Rockets. I mean, there's just so many Rockets and not very many GRTs. It's the same thing with Zeke McKenzie. He's running a vanquish, and he's going up against all these impressive chassis and elite chassis. That's tough for Zeke. So hats off to him. I expect him to step it up. And yeah, Will Krupp. How you mentioned his success with those tours up there. I think Will Krupp can get it done. And uh, with a limited experience, it's really going to be kind of an equalizer for these guys. 
Now let's go on to the on to the late model side. And boy, we've had some guys up here that want to protect their turf this week. <clears throat> and coming up this weekend, Travis Stemler went on a five in a row run and won ten grand just about eight days ago at the Wood Tick. Uh, Dona Marculier just flat out spanked them last week at Tri City, lapping everybody but second and third place. Uh, and then throw Chad Finley in there five wins up here in Michigan uh, in, in the 2020 season. Uh, these guys uh, aren't going to give up their turf very easily. No, they're not. Travis Demler, of course, I don't know if he's still in the Blue Deuce or not. I haven't talked to Travis in, in a while, but yeah, the, uh, the the Michigan racer, Travis, he's always a, a very uh, big standout that always catches my eyes. Of course, three-time modified champ. He's a 2015 Eldora modified champion. Of course, now in late models, uh, Travis has run a couple races. Outside of Michigan uh, this year, of course, he came down to that Peasley race later, earlier this season with that big uh, flow sports deal. Uh, yeah, Travis Dillman is always good. And, of course, you look at Brandon Therolby. Brandon Therolby is just always very fast with us as well. I mean, it, it, it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how these guys play out over here. And uh, we talk about Stemler looking for his first ever held tour victory. Therolby looking for his first ever held tour victory. Uh, two-time, you know, American Lake Model Series champ. Uh, might be three-time now. I don't know, I, I don't know who last year's champ was. But yeah, two-time I-96 champ. Uh, yeah, it, it's always fun to go to Michigan, guys. How I said, it's kind of an equalizer because these Illinois boys really don't run up there that much. <laughs> Only when we go up there and these guys are ready to defend their turf, it, it's, you never know what's going to happen in Michigan. It's going to be so fun, and, and we'd be remiss, too, as we get as we close out here, Ruben, that you know we talk about the drivers and we talk about the action on track, but some historic things happening this week as well. First ever appearance at Butler Motor Speedway for the Hell Tour in, in anything that I can find that says so. First ever appearance at Tri-City Motor Speedway in anything that I can find that says so. And then, of course, uh, kind of a sad note, but kind of a cool note at the same time, the tour doesn't finish at Oakshade Raceway this year. Merritt Speedway picks that up, and uh, that's going to be $10,000 to win on a track that hasn't closed out the Hell Tour, I think, ever. Yeah, no, uh, last time we were at Merritt Speedway it was 2017, and that was July 13th, but then we closed it up at Oakshade the two nights before, and then they went to Merritt in 2016 for the inaugural visit there. Uh, and, yeah, they didn't close it out there. They went to Oakshade after that. But, yeah, um, that was a, it was a crazy thing. Obviously, uh, government restrictions and mass gatherings at Oakshade Raceway, unfortunately, we're not able to go there. But, yeah, Merritt's going to close it off. Obviously, they had the World of Outlaws, Morton Building's Lake Model Series not too long ago. Uh, Lake Models always put on a good show at that track. I'm super excited to go there. Yeah, third visit for the Car Summer Nationals. Uh, former winner, Billy Moyer Jr. there in 2017 and Ryan Unzicker in 2016. I've heard nothing but good, but good positive comments about not just Merritt, but the, the Michigan tracks in general. I mean, every time I go over there, people are so friendly, people are nice, the racing is good, and the facilities are gorgeous. I mean, it, it's really nice up in Michigan. And, yeah, I mean, how you said, a bunch of inaugural visits, uh, Butler, Tri-City Motor, and, and uh, of course, Thunderbird, we've been there before. Thunderbird's always very fun to go to with the Dirt Car Summer National. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out down there, guys. I love it up there. Well, Ruben, we appreciate you taking some time to preview what is the biggest week in dirt track racing for us here in the state of Michigan. Really excited to watch it go off and uh, watch it end at Lake City, Michigan's Merritt Speedway on Saturday. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the preview, and good luck this week. So thank you guys for having me. And, again, thanks to all the fans that uh, tuned in very much for uh, tuning into this podcast, and we hope to see you every single night out here. Come support it because, hey, guys, and you guys, you guys know this as well. A couple months ago, we didn't even know if we were racing in general. So let's be thankful and happy that we're out here having a good time. And uh, let's go racing in Michigan, baby. Final week of the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, the Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals. If you have friends and family that cannot be there, every lap live on Dirt Vision, $39 a month gets you that fast pass. You get everything live for the World of Outlaws. 
sprint cars and late models and the summer nationals. So thank you guys, and we'll see you guys up there. Sounds good, Ruben. When we come back, we'll talk to another group of people who are excited to finally get to racing. Josh Fry joins us. He'll preview Berlin Raceway season opener coming up this weekend. That's coming up on Horsepower Happenings. If you're searching for a weekly podcast that features local results, news, and insight, then your search stops with Horsepower Happenings. Every Monday night, Zach Heiser and Rich France break down the week in motorsports, from NASCAR to the world of outlaws. Then they go over what's happening in the Great Lakes region. Plus, they sit down with industry professionals, including drivers, car owners, track promoters, and more. Find a complete broadcast schedule and more information at horsepowerhappenings.com. And follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Here's the deal. The season is coming to an end. Uh, we all know it's on the horizon, but big shows are on the horizon as well, and you don't want to be the guy that shows up with no pit lift or a pit lift that doesn't work or the guy that doesn't have lights off the back of his trailer and can't see what he's doing. Hubco Fabrication can hook you up. Check this out. Good quality products at a fair price, 24-inch pit lifts, hydraulic pumps, also, those really cool lights, right? The kind that hang out over the trailer and get into your workspace so you can really see what's going on. And you can put lights on that pit lift as well. So no more not knowing what you're doing. No more having to get on the ground and jack your race car up. To place an order, simply find Hubco on Facebook. Log on to HubcoLifts.com or it's easy as calling 269-838-0029. Talk to Luke. Tell him we sent you and get hooked up with some awesome stuff from Hubco Fabrication. This is Travis Braden, winner of the 52nd Annual Snowball Derby, and you're listening to Horsepower Happening. Horsepower happening. Zach Heiser, Rich France, hanging out with you on this Monday evening. Well, Rich, as we said before we talked to Ruben before the break, this is a very busy and very exciting week, not only in the dirt late model racing scene, but Rich, in the pavement world, very exciting as well, especially for those West Michigan race fans. Let us know who we're talking to tonight. I'm a little jealous of this guy, Zach, I gotta admit, okay, because my tracks are still closed. He gets to go racing this weekend. Uh, we had him on the show last summer. If you've been to Berlin Raceway, uh, you've definitely seen him in action. He's the driver of the new number 97 Engine Pro Limited Late Model at Berlin. Makes his home in Ravenna, Michigan. Josh Fry, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. I'm I'm glad uh, you had a reason to call me and talk to me again. Yeah, uh, first of all, J Josh, I don't think, uh, to be honest, I don't think any of us had a whole lot of confidence uh, that we would get any more tracks open uh in 2020 if they weren't already open but man berlin officials did it how excited are you for this weekend um i'm as surprised as you i couldn't be more excited uh if if i could do a jumping jack and a handstand and a backflip i would do them all together because uh about two weeks ago we had almost officially shut down anything to do with pavement racing because it didn't look like between Kalamazoo, you know, M40, Galesburg, Berlin Raceway, anybody was going to go. So we were, we were ready to be done. And kind of like we all found out about a week ago today, um, they got four races on their schedule. So we get to be, we get to go racing again. Now let's talk uh, briefly about, about this new limited late model division. Of course, Berlin did away with the pavement modifieds where, where you were so successful. Uh, but these things look like a cross between a template late model and an outlaw they look awesome 
They are a, uh, let's say, a mixed bunch. You're allowed to have uh, the flexibility to kind of build what you want to build within a parameter. It's, it's not exactly what the super shoe is at Kalamazoo, but as long as you have A, B, or C nose, A, B, or C roof, you know, this width, this height, this weight, a few weight breaks, a few penalties, and you fit in the box, you can race. And we've been uh, practicing with six to seven cars at different times throughout the year, and <laughs> some don't look like the others. Some have a lot different horsepower, but we're all pretty competitive with each other. So it's, it's going to be neat to see how it all plays out when we all get on the racetrack at the same time on a Saturday night. Now, i got to ask you, in my opinion, I think one of the reasons that Berlin did away with the Modifieds is because it was a little bit of a breed of its own as far as Modifieds and and the rules allowed. Um, Are you concerned at all that this is such a unique race car in the Michigan area about the car counts, or do you think that it will grow as time progresses? Uh, Unique isn't always great, but in this case, because Unique has the flexibility to take a perimeter car, a straight rail car, a crate motor, an open engine, a wedge body nose. You know, you can put together what you have to make it fit. They did a uh, terrific job of building a pay structure that encourages you to come out to a challenging racetrack, put on a show for the fans. They've limited us to one tire a week. So uh, you get there about week four, uh, it could get real interesting. We're going to be on some older tires Grip's going to go away. We're slipping and sliding around doing the best we can. So I'm not totally concerned with it. I think a lot of times the the classes that exist and are at 10 different tracks, the rules split 10 different ways and guys don't get to move around as much. And that's where it falls apart, where Berlin kind of took this upon themselves to create what they felt would be successful. And at this point I'm on board. So I'm, I'm hoping that other people are able to, there's, Expected to be between 12 and 15 cars opening night. A few guys shut it down this year. Probably will wait till next year. But I bet in the future you'll get 20 to 25 cars on a regular night to compete. Is this one of those classes, and we've seen people trying to do this in the dirt world, is this one of those classes where if a guy's got a 10 to 15-year-old chassis sitting in the backyard, he might be able to drag that out and and find a way to use the rule book and, and be competitive at Berlin with an old chassis? Exactly. Repurpose something. Uh, the car that I ended up buying, a gentleman named Warren Speed, raced it at Berlin years ago. It's a 10-year-old chassis. It's not exactly what everyone else has, but it fits the mold. Um, it gives me a little weight break in certain spots. We get a weight penalty with an engine. When it all balances out, I'm hoping that anyone can take a chassis that is, like you said, 15 to 20 years old to newer, put it with a competitive engine, they have a spec shock, they have an open shock, again, with weight penalties. And you can take just about anything you got laying around as far as pavement. It would be very difficult to take a dirt car. The technology <laughs> is still there a little bit. So, I, you know, it's, it's not a full, not one of my old dirt cars. This is an actual pavement car that we put together. But, yeah, I think anybody can build a car in the next two or three years and be competitive with anyone from a Tim DeVos through, I know Dave Lake's coming out next year, this year, you know, the 12 they've got committed, I bet at least 10 of them are going to be a, a contender, and there's a couple new names that you probably haven't even heard that are going to just get in when the, when the pond is fresh and see if they can swim. Now, we had, we had Jeff Striegel on the show a couple of months ago, and uh, he was more than excited to announce uh, who was going to be driving that 97 car for him. And I, it wasn't a secret to me. I, I, I narrowed it down to about one who was going to be in, that, in the seat of that car. 
Uh, how, how pleased are you to be with Jeff? Um, with the 97 coming to an end, it was a very, very difficult time for all of us because it was kind of the end of an era, a 10-year run. You know, they raised 600000 Jeff was not fully committed to being done, but the racing awareness phase had really, really, really taken a lot of energy from all the work they put into all that. So Norm and Jeff kind of sat down with me and they said, hey, what if we just race as um, a group? We put a car together, we'll figure out the aesthetics of it as we go, and let's go have some fun and try and win some races. And these guys have just become, you know, mentors and friends of mine for the past six to seven years and getting to race for them the last two I'm just excited to, uh, to to get to have fun, not have a lot of – there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes to try and make successfully racing awareness be something that was a, a very good cause, but it takes so much effort away from the racing. And I just wanted to go back with these guys, show that we can be a good car, building it from scratch, and just have some fun. And so far in the past – three or four months waiting to go. The anticipation has been building. Like you said, Jeff's been ready to go since about March when we put this deal together. So it, it, it's time to go green in our book. Jeff, uh, or Jeff, I knew I was going to do that. Josh, um, do you guys have a team name? Because Rich and I were kind of talking about that. You know, it was real easy with the modified. Well, it's a racing awareness modified. Um, what do we call this 97 limited late model team? Uh, we, we've called it several things. Um, they use their initials, J and N, N and J. It's been the 97. Uh, we don't have an official name. It's, it's hopefully just the car that ends up in victory circle once in a while. <laughs> so we, we don't call it anything. The 97 motorsports team is probably what we have to sit with for now, but it's, it, it's hard because a lot of people are going to see the 97 and still think it's racing awareness. If you get to see the race car in person, Jeff put a lot of time in with, uh, Corvette design and they've really come up with a neat paint scheme and you know engine pro staple all over it and you'll see it doesn't have racing awareness on it but it does have a little L down in the 97 we we can't ever forget how much fun we had for 10 years but this is uh this is just the 97 limited late that's going out there to try and compete for a win every Saturday well and that's what I was gonna you mentioned engine pro and that's what I was gonna say as well as you uh and your team and Jeff have found a way to make your own mark now right so it was for a long time uh, splattered with racing awareness, but now it's very clear that that's the Engine Pro 97. So uh, talk about teaming up with Engine Pro. That's a pretty big name in our area and in motorsports. Um, pretty awesome to be able to fly those colors. And they were, you know, they were on board from the word go. They they didn't really want to see us come to an end. They had supported racing awareness for 10 years. They're, they're a great partner. You know, American Ethanol was there as well. There's, there's a few others that stayed on board just because they love working with Jeff and Norm and hopefully myself. And when Engine Pro was willing to put us out there with some really good parts and support us with what we were trying to do today, which is just it, the, the class has crate engines and we have open engines. We currently run an open engine. They want to show that Engine Pro sells good parts. So they made sure to know where we stand on the crate versus open. And you can choose your own poison, but Engine Pro stood behind us and we're hoping to make them proud. They've, they've been our partners and supported us. Right through, even uh, last week, we've had to call and, and, and place a couple orders, and they've come through. So they're excited as we are, but it's, it's, it's hard to really know where we stack up yet. So I'm very hesitant to, to be too overconfident, but I'm very proud of the way the car has come along during these test sessions that we've had to do low-key behind the scenes because Berlin Raceways had to hide for quite a while. But now they've had a couple open practices, and 
this Saturday we get to finally put on a show that we've been waiting. Opening night is August 22nd. I just want you to digest that for a second. Yeah, we talked about how crazy it was. Uh, I was on the phone with my boss, and I said, I am typing Berlin Raceway opening night on August 17th, and it's just so strange. Um, But uh, what an exciting schedule they have managed to put together. Uh, As Rich alluded to, we were really worried about some of the marquee races. For instance, Money in the Bank. Uh, We were so worried that that was going to be gone for good. And uh, among the four-week schedule that we have so far is that very exciting race. And for Berlin Raceways to take it upon themselves to have a very limited number of fans and still try and put on a show with the payout that they put on to entice the guys and names that you've heard from around the Midwest to come in and play, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a tall order, and hopefully the fans can appreciate that side of it because there's, you know, there's been the fans that are, you know, are you going to race longer? Are you going to do this and that? They've done as much as they can do to get this four race schedule together. They're having 5,000 to win this week for super late models. And you're starting to see the names trickle in who are going to show. Then they're going to have a 10,000 to win money in the bank three weeks from now, the weekend after labor day. And when you start talking about that kind of purse money on a limited fan count for your front gate and a limited car count at your back gates, it's hard to put that show on, but they've, they've done an excellent job and the cars that are already talking about coming for the full four race schedule are exciting even for me, who's just a support division driver, because it's going to be some good racing. And the weather, if we can just stay blessed like we've been, we've just had an excellent year for warm, sunny days. I hope that people get to enjoy it right on through mid-September. Now, Josh, you brought up the fans. And, you know, with what you've gone through the last 10 years with racing awareness, very fan involved. Um this is going to be a different story. These fans are not going to be able to come down there probably and, and be social with you drivers. It's just not that time for that yet. And that's the toughest part. We have autograph cards made up. We have candy for the kids. You know, we've, we've been around and immersed in that for most of my racing career. I've learned from uh, fellow competitors that at the end of the night, if that trophy happens to find its way in a kid's hands, that's the best place for it. That means, twice as much to them as it ever could mean to us you know luckily we get the purse money at the end so we can come back the following week but to not have the actual physical interaction kind of stinks but believe me you're going to see more passion in victory circle because we've been waiting now for four months to put a show on for them and try and win a race and hear the crowd cheer for us and I know that even though they can't come down and visit with us, they're going to feel our excitement. And I, I really honestly do believe they're still going to feel connected with us. Even though we're not getting to shake hands and sign autographs, we're still there with them. They're supporting us. We're trying to do the best to just race. Like I, 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 I'm ready to run myself sometimes to the race shop just to get there and work on it. Because once this came through and it was a last ditch effort, it was one of those, uh, if this doesn't work, our season's done. And once they said, yep, we, we approved it, it was like, you got to be kidding me. We actually get to go <laughs> racing, and we get four nights of racing on yeah. top of it. That was what we were been waiting to hear for a long time. Everyone kind of looks around and goes, oh, now what? Now, they told us yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that was, that was where I think Mike Bursley said it the best. He goes, uh, when I called the rest of the crew and uh, we were talking, they just assumed it was, uh, you know, uh, next year, next year. And he goes, we got it approved because I was almost dumbfounded, but it, it, it's one of those things that's now set in and now the excitement starting to build. Uh, we got, we got a Saturday test session in with both of the cars that I plan on racing a sportsman and a limited late, and they were going to be competitive. So that even adds to the fun of 
anticipation just trying to get back to the racetrack to put on a show and and still you know we're all trying to race even though there's not a championship we're trying to win every single time around the racetrack for any amount of money for any amount of fans for any amount of lack of points money it's still an opportunity to go out and race in front of sponsors and fans so we're really looking forward to that take me behind the helmet real quick josh as you mentioned you an open test uh, open practice session finally get you on the track with some other competitors but uh you know, I, I think that we would all be kidding ourselves a little bit if we didn't say first night jitters are a very real thing, even if it's August 22nd. Um, what do you what do you expect come Saturday when the green flag drops and everybody barrels down into turn one for the first time this season? For me and the sportsmen, uh, I'm with a group of guys that are, are just very talented, very very intelligent with their approach to racing. I feel more comfortable in the sportsman than anything. With the limited, luckily, we don't know what to expect. So being a race car driver who ran on dirt and drives a little over his head from time to time and just <laughs> likes to go out and send it, I'm not even uh, I'm not even that nervous about the car, the performance. It's more of just the getting to do it. You're probably yelling whippy behind the scenes because I don't have a spotter this year. I don't have Jeff telling me where to go high and low. He has to watch with me. So I can yell and scream and holler and have as much fun underneath the uh, helmet that people don't actually know how crazy we can be and talk to ourselves. But I'm not the least bit worried. There, there's a lot of professional guys who've been out there 20 plus years, and I don't even look at the nervousness of it anymore. It's just the pure excitement to get back behind the wheel. Now we we're, we're also here. We we want to make sure everything goes great for Berlin uh, th- this weekend. Now, for any race fans listening to the show uh, tonight and, you know, throughout the week, if you think you're going to walk up to Berlin and buy a ticket, that's not happening. Um, If you want to be at Berlin Raceway this weekend, you're going to have to go online uh, to get your ticket in advance. Yep, and I talked to Mike uh, uh, earlier today, and he said there are two-thirds to three-quarters already sold out. So there's still hundreds of tickets left, but it's a limited few. they have made it very clear that if there's a rain-out date, they're willing to work with you with anything they need. The weather looks perfect as of now. We all know that could change at any given second. But <laughs> yeah. the people who have already bought their tickets are safe. The ones that are kind of waiting till the last minute, I hope you don't wait too long because, you know, you can always go the second week, but those, those first-week entertainment factor as far as the, the kinks being worked out of the show and some of the flub-ups, I, I know my first time in the Modified, I spun out in hot laps, just <laughs> just <laughs> too excited. You never know what you're going to see if you go opening night. So that, that's a good one. But you do have four opportunities if you don't make it opening night. So just I, I would recommend if you're going to wait till the last minute, you're probably flirting with fire there. You might want to buy your ticket sooner rather than later. Make sure you get there for uh, Saturday night at 630. Exactly. And then, you know, like, like Zach says, you know, we have to bring in the elephant in the room. Uh, there will be mass and social distancing that uh, we have to comply with so we can keep racing. And uh, I, I've had enough talks with people who are, who are leery of this kind of thing, and I say it's just like a restaurant. You want to go to your favorite restaurant, you want to enjoy that food, you want to sit with the people you want to sit with, you wear a mask to go to your seat, you take it off, you enjoy If you go to the restroom, you go to the concession, mask up. If it's something that really bothers you and you don't want to do, which is understandable, you don't need to go. But if you go... Help us all keep this going for the four races. Play nicely with all your other friends who are there to enjoy it the same way you are. And 
it's it, it's a bit of an inconvenience, but I got to admit, I have a greater appreciation for being able to go to any racetrack, to go on to a couple dirt races. We've been practicing on pavement. Just to get to go right now is worth any little bit of an inconvenience for me to get to do what I love to do. So I'm hoping that people respect the guidelines that the health department in Berlin and the township have set forth. And if you go put that aside and for the most time you won't even have that mask on and you're just going to soak in those race fumes that nice beautiful air and you're going to have fun at the racetrack well you josh you mentioned it and i'd be remiss if i didn't get to talk a little bit about the racing you have been doing in 2020 obviously you said you have the sportsman and you have the uh, limited late on the pavement side but you've got that bad fast street stock on the dirt side and um you have been putting on a heck of a show at I-96 Speedway this year alongside a couple of other really talented and really fast stock car drivers over there in the Lake Odessa area, including one guy who is pretty much my neighbor. Um, you have to find Tim Wilbur's kryptonite here pretty soon, don't you? Um, that gentleman can be a pain in the butt. He's a wonderful <laughs> person. He's incredibly intelligent when it comes to race cars, and you know, he, he's one of the first people when we have trouble at the track, when we show up, comes right up and visits with us. And, you know, that's the guy you want to be. He, he's your friend. He's a competitor. And he's good. So we have to step up our game. Uh, he, we squeaked out a second place behind him in a heat. And we did the same darn thing in a feature. Went back. We had some mechanical troubles the next week. So we were running second again to him. But you're right. He's a, he's a thorn in my side. But that's... That's what keeps me digging. When I go over to the pavement side and I forget about the dirt and you think that you're this big, bad guy that can go there and win, nope, the dirt world changed a little bit, and these guys are coming in and kicking my butt right and left. So he, he keeps me honest, but at the same time, those are the kind of people that end up being your friends because they're good people. They're, they're true competitors just the way that I am, and that darn zero, I'm so tired of looking at his back bumper, but rightfully so he's doing his homework and he's doing it just a little better than i am so we're hoping before the year is over he has to come shake my hand when the yes. future's over and tell me how good i did yeah josh and i can tell you from knowing tim that uh, uh and i've seen him do this at butler he would sit down with you and tell you where his mistakes were if he thought it would help you beat him so he he is this he, he would love to hear that so uh i'm looking forward to it i might have to go to i-96 just to watch the street stocks here over the next couple weekends and, you know, they, they went through some trials and tribulations, too. And I hope that people in the stands, you know, in the stand side of it, realize how much work goes on behind the scenes to go through the health department and to go through everything to put on a show. The drivers have been uh, ranged out in emotions from here we're going racing to now we're on hold to maybe the season's over to opening night. So know that we're all doing our best in this time to still have fun at the racetrack. And I'm hoping if anyone gets an opportunity like you've uh, talked about already there's some great late model racing going on on the dirt side so if you haven't been to a race this year or at least to 10 or 12 of them make sure you hit a few more before the season's over because it is august 22nd opening night of berlin that's sad to say that it's not april 22nd but we are starting to get closer to uh, fall than we are spring so we're going to have to wrap up our racing at some point hopefully six to eight weeks out there, but it, it is coming soon. So make sure you get to the racetrack and enjoy what you can see. 
Well, Josh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, you're such a great ambassador for the sport, so talented as well, um, and uh, fun to watch on the racetrack. So thanks for making some time to chat with us tonight, and good luck with everything that's going on at Berlin in the Sportsman and the Limited, and maybe you can write yourself in the history books as the first limited late model winner at Berlin uh, in the history of the track. So good luck with that. Well, thank you. I, I, I love the way you guys think, and uh, that that was what we've been uh, trying to do, just like Chase Elliott did at uh, the Daytona Road Course. You you like to be the first, because then you can win them all. If you don't win the first one, you can't win them all, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> Very good, Josh. Thanks for joining us tonight. Good luck, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at a race soon. Thank you very much, guys. Have fun. Well, Rich, again, our thanks to, uh, of course, Ruben for joining us earlier in the show. And, uh, man, Josh Fry, what a great guy to talk to. Um, Josh is one of those guys, in my opinion, Rich, that he doesn't care what you're running or where you're running it. Um, he is just a guy that wants to see racing do really well in Michigan, and we love talking to those type of people for sure. Oh, Josh is an ambassador for our sport in Michigan, and, uh, you know, it, I always enjoy talking to him. You know, the second time we had him on the show, and uh, – He's just a joy to talk to and a joy to listen to and, and really has some great perspective uh, on racing in our area. Well, we've we've pretty much said all there is to say about racing this week in the state of Michigan. It all starts on Wednesday, and what a great weather forecast for the most part as well as, uh, as the great racing action that's on schedule. Uh, Wednesday from Butler, Hell Tour. Thursday from Tri-City, Hell Tour. Friday, or excuse me, Thursday from Thunderbird, Hell Tour. Friday from Tri-City, Hell Tour. Saturday from Merritt, Hell Tour. And then, of course, you've got your other tracks like Owasso and Crystal. Uh, they're sprinkled in there as well. Plus, if you're not a fan of Dirt Late Models, Great Lake Super Sprints from I-96 on Friday. And Great Lake Super Sprints are scheduled to be in Butler on Saturday as well. So, huge racing this week and this weekend. Yep, and I, I'm thinking that I'm going to play the tag team. I'll be at the Tri-City for... Uh, the Hell Tour on Friday night, and then not just the Hell Tour on Saturday, the Hell Tour Championship at Merritt Speedway, uh, picking take, picking up uh, this year for Oakshade Raceway. So the champion will be crowned on Saturday night at Merritt Speedway for the 2020 uh, Dirt Car UMP Summer Tour Hell Tour. There it is. Now, uh, as we end out today, Rich, I, I want to send out, uh, not condolences, but I want to try and help if we can. Uh, so our friends at Fast Time Racing Engines and Parts posted early this morning that they were broken into overnight and uh, that several items were stolen. The showroom was destroyed. Windows were broken. Engines were tipped over. And uh, they don't know what happened or who done it. So uh, they know that they'll be closed until at least Wednesday. But, Rich, if anyone has any information that leads to uh, an arrest or, or conviction, $1,000 cash reward being offered up by our friends at Fast Time. Yeah, and I've, I've known, uh, you know, Clayton Smith and his wife, Christine, for a long time. You know, Clayton raced with us. on. We see him at the dirt tracks and is modified all the time. They are really good people. They help out racers all the time. Um, they are really class acts. They're important to what we do. We need to find out who did this and uh, basically make them pay for it, I guess. Yes. Because uh, I, they, they're probably going to feel better if the police find them than if the uh, racing Mr. community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, help us out if you know any information about the break in a fast time. 
uh, get a hold of the law enforcement agencies over there or get a hold of uh, the folks at Fast Time and let them know that you want to help them out and, and see what you can do. And of course, our, our friend Garrett Ron's a, a great customer of Fast Time as well. So um, if we can help them uh, get the justice that they need, glad to be able to do that. So again, for Rich France, for Scott Menlin, thanks so much to Ruben and to Josh for joining us tonight. And man, no better week to get your backside track side and catch some racing action here in the state of Michigan. Have a great week, have a great weekend, and we'll talk next Monday, same time, same place. Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings on the Motor City Racing Network. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.